the veteran service officer in each county should be the the first stop for vets when they transition out of service uh, and and get back home. Uh, so uh, one of the big things we do is uh, we file for compensation and pension benefits, uh, get vets signed up for VA health care, and generally demystify the, the VA system. Welcome to the Stigma-Free Vet Zone podcast. Our mission is to help veterans and their family members transition from military to civilian life and culture. As best we can, we avoid stigmatizing names and terms. We feature conversations with those who have encountered unexpected reactions in their journey, including nightmares, rage, and isolation. Participants in our segments share experiences that make them uniquely qualified to join the quest to identify, understand, and resolve these enormous life challenges. Stigma-Free Vet Zone is brought to you by the Orban Foundation for Veterans. Learn more by visiting the OrbanFoundationForVeterans.org and donations are always welcome at the OrbanFoundationForVeterans.org slash donate. Thank you for embarking on this educational journey with the Stigma-Free Vet Zone podcast. Here's today's segment. Good afternoon and welcome to another educational edition of Stigma-Free Vet Zone. We are in West Bend today and we're going to stay in West Bend and we have what I think is a very educational, very important show for you today. We have uh, two CVSOs from adjoining counties here. Kevin Rush, or Kurt Rush, excuse me, enlisted in the United States Marine Corps and deployed to Iraq with the Combat Support Unit, uh, Battalion 10. Uh, and he is also graduated from the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee with a BA and a master's in public administration and is the CVSO of Washington County. CVSO is the County Veterans Service Officer, if I'm not mistaken. And also with us today is uh, Kevin Johnson, and Kevin is a graduate of West Point and also the University of Wisconsin Law School, and with a tour in Bosnia, Kevin was uh, honorably discharged as a captain and is now the CVSO for Ozaki County, just to the east of us here in Washington County. So welcome to Kurt, welcome to Kevin, and we didn't flip a coin, but Kevin, uh, Kurt, why don't you go ahead and just explain, what is the CVSO? Sure, uh, absolutely. So a uh, county veteran service officer uh, is a mandated position in every county in Wisconsin. So there's 72 counties, and uh, all 11 tribes also have a tribal service officer. And um, the position really is, uh, the, the mandate is to provide benefits and services and guidance to veterans and their eligible dependents. So really, uh, the veteran service officer in each county should be the, the first stop for vets when they transition out of service uh, and, and get back home. Uh, so uh, one of the big things we do is uh, we file for compensation and pension benefits, uh, get vets signed up for VA health care, and generally demystify the, the VA system. You know, we had talked about this earlier. You are not a direct employee of the VA uh, 
No, not at all. No, we're we're uh, a direct employee of our our specific counties where we're working, and that's on purpose. Uh, we don't get any federal dollars, uh, no no funding from the federal government, uh, because quite frankly, we're not always cooperative with the federal government. The idea is that we're here to serve the veteran in our county uh, and get the benefits that they're entitled to based on on the law. Great, Kevin. What's the importance of the trust that veterans have for you as a county veteran service officer, being a veteran yourself, and how do you go about introducing them to the services that uh, they might get or receive or be qualified for? Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having us on. My pleasure. Um, I think, first of all, the trust is paramount to the relationship and for our ability to provide services um, to the veterans who live locally in our counties. there's a number of reasons that might bring a veteran into the office initially. Uh, one common thing is the, the veteran ID on a driver's license, which in itself is, is a very minimal thing. Um, oftentimes, veterans come in because they want to get a discount at you know a, a local hardware store or something. So they'll, they'll come in asking for um, this veteran identifier on their driver's license, and that just opens the door for a conversation. When did you serve? You know, um, what was your experience when you served? Do you have any health conditions that, um, you know, are currently troubling you? And oftentimes the result of that office visit will be disability compensation um, applications. And um, and from there, you know, you're just establishing uh, a relationship with this individual in your county and and that really is is what can lead us to you know down the road to, to benefits and and to helping that veteran. Uh, so, so there is a sense that maybe the veteran is coming in to just check the place out and see what you're all about and establish that trice or just the comfort of being there. Absolutely. Yeah. We we also get an, a lot of new returnees who who will come back uh, directly from service. It seems um, now more than previous. Um, Veterans who are leaving the service are advised to, to find the CVSO, to find the County Veteran Service Office, and, and at least register or, or record their discharge there so that that's on record. And, and that, again, is an opportunity to just shake hands, have a quick office visit, um, establish some initial rapport, and, and just kind of start a relationship. Which is very, very important. One of the reasons we asked both of you to be here today, um, I had never known there was a CVSO. And what I went through in the transition would have been much, much easier if I had an organized plan and knew exactly what my benefits were for or what I was qualified for. So, so Kurt, we're talking about the veteran. What about the veteran's family? Do they have rights or benefits that would cause them to come in? Or, or would they come in simply to see what their husband or wife or son or daughters. Sure, sure. So, I mean, all of that. The, the, the benefits are driven through the veteran service. So the first thing we ask for in any vet who comes into the office is a copy of their DD-214 or their discharge document if they served pre-DD-214, which, which there was a time uh, where, where that was the case. Uh, but we ask for that document because that, that's what uh, opens up their eligibility um, for instance, for VA health care, if you served on the ground or within 12 nautical miles of the coast in Vietnam, you automatically are eligible for VA health care, regardless of the amount of money you make. Um, same thing with Desert Storm. If you served in Desert Storm, you're automatically eligible for VA health care. And without that document, being able to look at the service history, it's real hard for us to know exactly what they may or may not be eligible for. Um, so we use that as kind of our guide uh, for, for benefits. Um, 
Likewise, we get a lot of spouses coming in together, uh, and that's a good thing, uh, especially for that initial meeting, uh, provided the vet isn't uh, going to tell us about something that, um, you know, that they're embarrassed about and they need to work through. Um, in that case, it may be best if they come in alone. Um, but in other cases where they're talking about health care uh, and, you know, really family budget changing situations, it's good to have the spouse there right away so that everybody's on the same page. Right. One of the things that's important to me in looking back on my own transition was I thought everything was about me when I came home. I was the one who was angry. I had served. I was depressed. I was isolating. I was all this sort of thing. Never took my family into consideration that they, too, had been through an enormous challenge while I was away in the service. So if we go to that, how do we break down the service by what you are actually eligible for? How will somebody know that? I know we, we talked about this earlier with the, the DD Form 214. And at, how, how do you break that down into what you will be eligible for when a person comes in based on their service? I know we had talked about whether somebody didn't necessarily have a, a completely honorable discharge or had different whatever you might call this, discharge papers from the military. Sure. The DD-214 is the, the starting point because that establishes not only the term of their service but also their character of service. So if, if there was an honorable discharge, that's, that's generally where, where we need to start. If, if they didn't get an honorable discharge, we may need to assist them first in applying for an upgrade to that discharge characterization. So, so that, I mean, that is the place to start. Um, from there... Um, I, I would never advise the veteran to predetermine, you know, what benefits they're coming in for. They, they should just bring their discharge and, and make an appointment, and, and we can work through whatever benefit applications might be appropriate for them or for their family. I know we had talked also about uh, our own understanding of our benefits when we got out of the service. And it seems to me that if we're going to be discharged from one culture, the military culture, into civilian culture, we would have a plan. We always talk, we've heard the mission, what's my next mission, what's my next purpose. It seems like that would be much better organized if you understood the resources that were available to you. Mm -hmm. Kurt? Well, I I, I think the military is certain branches, certain units, and I think it is that specific, is getting better at the transition program. There's actually a new program called SkillBridge, um, where they actually will send a vet, or I should say a service member, home and allow them to work at a job while they're still employed with the Department of Defense for a measure of months. Um, so that's really, you know, the, the DOD, is, is uh, the Department of Defense, is, is making conscious efforts uh, to ease that transition. However, that's not universal, uh, and the rules aren't always the same, and it's hard to find information about that. Um, if a veteran is, trans, is transitioning from... Um, military service where they're coming back from a combat area or they're transitioning from military service where they may have a, uh, a difficult time with their command and they're trying to just get away from it as fast as possible. I think in a lot of those circumstances, regardless of the benefits or services that are being offered or talked about or the opportunities to listen to an advisor uh, uh, you know, are available, I think a lot of times they'll just skip that or miss it or not listen. Um, or uh, the advisor who they're talking to in service may have a limited two- or three-year billet to be the unit transition officer, and, and maybe they're not as capable as they should be in guiding uh, veterans or service members through those benefits. So what we tell, uh, what I tell most veterans uh, when I find out they're, they're recently back home is, come, come on in, let's sit down, let's go through all of your benefits and services and have a conversation to make sure that you're not missing out on anything that's available to you. 
Um, really, the point to hit home is when a service member gets out of active duty military, whether they've gone through a transition period or not, they really should make an appointment with a county veteran service officer in, in the state of Wisconsin at the, at the very least, um, because there's only 31 states that have county veteran service officers. I didn't um, know that. Yes. So there are some states that are, that are missing out. Uh, but they should make an appointment and come in and have that conversation and let us help them to know what, what, they, what they have coming to them. So, Kevin, while you're uh, acting as the county veteran service officer, do you have specific hopes and goals for these people when they come in? I mean, you, you were, uh, had your own issues uh, in transition, as we all did, and challenges. So you're very familiar with the transition. Uh, when, when these people come in, how do you feel about this job as a CVSO? For me, the job is is wonderful. It's very meaningful, and I, I find uh, I, I enjoy a lot helping people connect with the benefits that they've that they've earned through their service. Like you, Mike, I I never knew there was a CVSO until I applied for this job. In fact, I was unaware that there was such a position. So um, it's it's personal for me in that way, and then I just like the challenge of of convincing the VA in in each case that this is the benefit that this veteran is entitled to and and oftentimes that requires an appeal or a number of appeals um but but to ultimately um see the grant letter see the letter awarding the the veteran um the service connection or or the 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 benefit that he's entitled to and and see how life changing that can be i mean a number of people just have broken down in tears in my office just because um, they're, you know, they're, they didn't know this even existed. You know, they didn't even know that they were entitled to this. And now, and now they have, um, you know, not only does it uh, in some cases validate their experiences in service, but it's also, um, you know, it, it's just a, a very meaningful um, connection for, for uh, the, when, when that uh, benefit is granted. Right. One of the things that was very important to me, again, in going back and in retrospect, looking at had there been these, uh, these offices available and, and the, the resources available, and I believe you had shared something similar in your own transition, to have these just helps organize, gives you a plan. And the two that really stuck out for me was getting a job. And getting a job that was meaningful, if we talk about this new purpose in life, moving down to the mission as opposed to getting money to, to pay bills, you know, money to get by, money to live on, and having a new dream, something that you, you might have a passion for, whatever that might be. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, purchasing a house was very important to me. But these things failed uh, because I did not have the direction. I did not have... For example, at UWM, you've got uh, Maverick, which is a, just a very, very good support system. I failed in college the first two tries because I just I couldn't readjust. I couldn't, uh, couldn't focus, all of these things. So if we take some of these primary benefits, just that you're there to be supportive and they know that they're, what these benefits are has got to be immensely important to them. I think, I think absolutely. And, and frankly, I think some vets are ready uh, to move on to college when they get out of service, and some are not. Uh, and I think getting connected with uh, VA mental health, getting connected with a VA primary care doctor um, that can help you see where you're at uh, and determine whether you know moving towards uh, a college degree is the best opportunity at that moment, or maybe it's time to decompress, take some time, uh, do some work on yourself first. 
Uh, because quite frankly, like you said, you know, starting a college degree when you're when you're still struggling with the, the traumas of combat or uh, the difficulties in transition from a very structured lifestyle to a, a very unstructured lifestyle, uh, frankly, just growing, being able to grow a beard, uh, you know, all those things are major changes for that veteran. And some veterans, uh, you know, they take those changes in stride and they walk right through it and it's no problem. And other veterans struggle and you never know what you're going to deal with until you have to go through it. Um, things that may have seemed important to you uh, in service are, are no longer important uh, and vice versa. So I, I think I think getting in touch with services, getting in touch with a professional that can guide you through like CVSOs, like uh, veteran service officers from the American Legion and other groups like that, it's very important. Um, and uh, one, one thing I want to uh, mention with that regard is you know, uh, a veteran service officer isn't necessarily going to have all the answers. Uh, for instance, we don't do a lot of job services out of our offices, but but we're the, we're the guys or gals that know a guy or a gal that do those services. So whereas we may not have the, the ability to help a vet in our office with, for instance, job services, we, we do know who the Department of Workforce Development service officer is. We do know who the job-ready veterans uh, nonprofit guy is. We, we can get you in touch with those services that can lift you up and move you forward in your life. Yeah, I, that was actually an excellent point for me because I had come in contact with a woman named Gretchen Schutte, and uh, I believe she does this uh, outreach not for the, the CVSO, but in connection with them in preparing veterans to apply for a job or to seek employment. That is so very, very important, how just to apply for a job. Uh, could you share a little bit on that, uh, Kevin, that, that outreach to someone like Gretchen? to send a veteran to. Yeah, and Gretchen's a great example. She worked for the VA for a number of years, and then now that she no longer is with the VA, um, she still maintains a number of connections and and, um, and continues to be very passionate about this area of helping veterans f- uh, prepare for and find employment. Um, and and so she for, is one example of, of a great resource that, um, that we will help veterans connect with if that's the particular area that that they need assistance with. I had an experience the other day at a local grocery store. A woman I know came up to me and said that a mother of a a soldier, now a veteran who had served in Iraq, needed help desperately but was not going to go in for help. Uh, And the mother was crying when she was sharing this. Uh, Passed the phone number on to me in case I could had any resources for them. It's easy to talk about those who walk into your office, but that's the extent of what you can do. They have to come to you. They have to apply uh, there, there is no other reaching out of the CVSO to the veteran. I make home visits. Oh, you do? We do, yeah. And I think that is one um, important distinction between um, a state-run office like, say, a DMV and, and a local provider of, of benefits and services. So we, if, if a, oftentimes with an elderly veteran or a veteran who's um, – you know, recovering from a recent surgery or something, I'll I'll take the paperwork and go and meet with them, and and we'll get it filled out, we'll get their signatures, we'll get it submitted. Um, so that that was a lot more. We did that a lot more frequently um, prior to COVID. Obviously, people have become a little more sensitive about in person meetings, but um, but yeah, we we are available for home visits, and we and we do that frequently. The other the other suggestion that someone had for me was to ask if, uh, as CVSOs, do you ever supply local transportation for veterans to get from 
wherever they are to a, to a service uh, that you have supplied for them or that has been supplied for them? Yeah, so in Washington County, um, we've got several service clubs, um, the VFW here in West Bend, uh, the Legion VFW and the VVA uh, in Hartford, uh, West Bend and Newburgh, um, all those different groups. Uh, if we put out the, the request for gas cards and things like that, oftentimes they'll fill it. Um, we put very specific rules on those benefits because we don't want to become a crutch. But if the vet needs to get down to the VA and has no way to fill, fill his or her gas tank, we're going we're gonna to do our best to help them out. Um, we're, uh, there's also ride services available through like interfaith caregivers and things like that. Um, we do rely on those organizations pretty heavily. Uh, and, um, and just to, to quickly retread one thing you, you brought up previously, you know, we do all sorts of community outreach as, as, as county veteran service officers. Um, I do uh, the radio here in West Bend once a month. Um, I, that uh, The crisis uh, classes with the police forces, I, I participate with that as well. Uh, and then um, we do try to help out parents and dependents that call us. So if a mom or a dad or a grandma or grandpa or a, a spouse uh, contacts us and says, hey, this vet is really struggling, um, we will, on, you know, depending on the circumstances, we'll reach out. We'll work with our county crisis teams to reach out. I'll call down to the VA and see if there's any uh, medical uh, providers that are following the veteran and see if we can uh, get them to reach out and, and pull that vet in if they're in crisis. We, we will try to take those proactive steps. Um, the one thing we can't do is share personal information, and that's, I think, an important thing to bring up to your audience is things that are discussed uh, uh, related to veteran service and, um, and disability and medical conditions and all of those things, those are, are, are confidential with us, and we're uh, bound specifically by our accreditation standards to not share any of those details. So, um, for instance, in, in my office here in Washington County, uh, we won't give a, D, a DD-214 or a discharge document away to a family member unless we have express permission from that veteran, and that's something to bear in mind when you do call trying to help out um, help out the vet. And I think that would be very important for me to know that you're not sharing information because yep. you first have to get uh, establish the trust in the first place. And so, yeah, you, you would certainly expect that. Well, that confidence, the confidence um, stretches to even this person's status as a veteran. So oftentimes we'll get calls. Somebody wants to verify is so-and-so a veteran or did they serve honorably? And that's information that is um, that's confidential and that's privileged to the veteran and, and only releasable if the veteran allows us to release that information. I, I think of all the work that we've done that I do uh, for the last 20 years with veterans as a result of my own experience, that word trust is probably the number one key for veterans to, to receive help. And I think that's why you guys are probably the most effective at what you're doing is because you're also uh, you served in Bosnia, you served in Iraq, you're veterans, you know the the, um, the, um, uh, the veteran uh, morale, you know the story, you know the culture, you know all of these things. So that's important. But uh, Kevin, going back to Ozaki County, do you offer these outreaches as well? For Yeah, I wanted to touch on the transportation. So that's one distinction from Washington County. So in Ozaki County, we have a, a list of volunteer drivers who, uh, if a veteran contacts our office with a date and, and time of appointment at the VA Medical Center, um, we'll arrange for somebody to pick them up at home and take them down to the medical center and then uh, take them back home when, when the appointment is concluded. And we charge $10 for that service. But, um, uh, yeah, we, we do get veterans down, and, and that's something that um, 
it throughout the state, I think the uh, disabled American veterans is generally contracted with the VA to provide transportation services down to the VA, but they don't service Ozaukee County because of our proximity to the medical center. Right. So, Kurt, take time, take a few minutes and just explain something that we don't know about the, the CVSO that we should understand. So, so, for example, as I mentioned to you earlier, I didn't even know. I drove past the CVSO's office in, in West Bend for over 10 years, didn't know they were there. Yep. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of them. I didn't even know what the acronym meant when I did hear it. So tell us something that most veterans or families would not understand about the CVSO in Washington County. Sure. Uh, so, and interestingly enough, in a little bit of tidbit of history is in the 1930s, um, the first CVSO in the nation was in Fond du Lac County, um, Wisconsin's first in a lot of things, and um, it were first in, in uh, having CVSO. So uh, I think it was one or two years uh, there was a, a CVSO there, and then the state uh, mandated it across the state. Is that that's correct? Yep. So uh, it, we, we have a long tradition of having county veteran service officers uh, in Washington County, but the way the way I like to break it down uh, in, in uh, the CVSO is your guide to services, and and we'll explain exactly how you fit your benefit criteria into your service. Um, uh, a couple of things you should know is the the flags that you see on Memorial Day are oftentimes driven out of the County Veteran Service Office. Um, that's one of our uh, in most counties. That's one of their um, required. Uh, uh, dictates is to run the flag programs or uh, manage the volunteers that run the flag programs. Uh, and one thing that we did in the last couple of years here in Washington County is um, we created an endowment. We raised uh, money to create an endowment for our flag program so that there will be money available to buy those flags forever. Uh, and uh, that was uh, to the tune of about $175,000 that was raised over the course of the last three years. Uh, so it's been a really great project. Um, but uh, a couple of things I guess I'd like every vet to know. Is that all right? Can we, can oh, we absolutely. Birds really That's why that? we're here. All right. That's why we're here. So, I, I, you know, and, and some, of, some of them are good and some of them are a little tough, but we'll, we'll go through it. So uh, one thing I'd like every vet to know is to call, call the CVSO first. Uh, before you call anybody else related to your VA benefits, your VA services, uh, whatever you need, call the CVSO first so we can make sure you're maximizing those benefits uh, and taking advantage of everything that you need um, the worst thing in the world would be to call the VA and be told no, and then to never, to never go back on it uh, and and have you know be living off of faulty information. Um, the uh, uh, disability compensation, uh, the word disability is a, uh, a a major stumbling block for a lot of veterans. They don't want to ever be looked at as disabled or less than able, uh, and uh, so that that is a big problem. And I'd encourage every vet who has been injured in service and is thinking about filing a disability claim to look at it more as workman's comp, because that's really what the benefit resembles is workman's comp, not disability. Uh, and uh, that title I think can, can have some negative connotations. Um, and then uh, one thing I, I think is really important is just because your buddy uh, did or did not get a benefit uh, or just because your buddy filed for something and was not successful, doesn't mean that the same will be the case for you. Uh, I think it's important for vets to come in and and go through their own process with working with the VA when it comes to compensation or VA health care and things like that. Uh, so does that, that's a few, it, it, that's a few of the points. And yeah. the reason I'm grabbing my yeah. phone, I know there's a website for the CVSO, the, T, yeah. the, the TVSO, 
and just the VSO, I believe there is as yeah. well. Do you, do you have that offhand? Or? So there's there's a state website for our uh, state-run organization. We have a professional group called the County Veteran Service Officers Association of Wisconsin, CVSOAWI. Uh, so if you just Google that, that'll come up. And that has a directory of every office and contact within the state for, for tribal service officers as well as county veteran service yeah, officers. Give us that address one more time. Yeah, so it's, uh, is it, do you it's remember the exact address? W-I-C-V-S-O dot O-R-G. Okay. Yep. So, Kevin, going back to Ozaki County, what are the things that you would like to share with veterans that? Uh, one thing that I would like veterans to know is that I'm not the VA guy. So, so, so we are, right. We are oftentimes, um, associated with the VA because uh, we, we have to be knowledgeable about, uh, VA benefits, um, eligibility criteria for each program. Um, but we are not employed by the VA and, uh, we're not associated or affiliated with the VA. So we, we are each employed by our respective counties as, as Kurt pointed out uh, previously. And, um, we are at required by state law to, to, uh, advocate for the veterans and and the dependents in our respective counties. So that's our position. And that's our purpose. So so now that we're back in civilian life, we could say you work for us, the veteran. Would that be correct? That would be absolutely fair, fair to say. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's just such valuable information. And again, going back, I hear so many veterans or other people who are helping or working with veterans say to us. What's your next mission? You have to have enough, another mission. You have to change your mission. You have to change your purpose. It would seem to me that when you get out of the service and you want to change this mission, if you were retiring from a company outside of the military, you'd want to know what your benefits are. I don't understand, uh, including myself, why we shouldn't uh, change that or make it positive. We should take advantage of that because as we go to this next purpose, even if it is just with our families, get that mental health get the family health structure, get the job, get the schooling, whatever it is. This is like the, the roadmap to that or part of that roadmap to that. Would you agree, Kurt? I, I would absolutely agree. I mean, your, your military service, whether, whether it was a, a single deployment or a 20-year career, your military service is a major uh, period in your life. It is a, uh, a time period that often will define a lot of your life. Uh, and and there, are, there are a lot of services and benefits that go along with that. Um, VA healthcare is by far the biggest benefit that the VA offers. And, and that goes whether you're service-connected with disability compensation or pension or something else. Um, VA healthcare is still a major benefit uh, for every veteran returning from service. And I encourage vets, when you get out of service, before you take that next step in a job, in a schooling, in whatever, you sign up for VA healthcare and get active at least once a year in that program so that you maintain that benefit throughout your life because it will absolutely matter to you as time travels on. Um, secondarily, the VA handles all, a, a lot of veterans, as, as the name would suggest. Uh, and quite frankly, if, uh, if you're a vet of Vietnam War, many vets have, uh, from Vietnam, for instance, have skin issues. They have skin rashes, uh, skin illnesses, ailments. Well, the VA is the best-suited organization to define for you what that is and where it came from, because they're the ones dealing with a high volume of those types of illnesses and claims. Um, you know, just going to your Frederick Medical Center or Aurora, which are excellent uh, in our area here, the, the doctor may not have ever seen that before, whereas the VA doctor might see it a couple times a day. So it's important to, um, to utilize those services that have the best experience for your, your specific situation. Agree, Kevin? Absolutely. And, and 
not just skincare as an example, but mental health. Um, my my dad is a combat um, Vietnam veteran, and he didn't use the VA um, forever when he was back from service. He uh, treated for um, issues that uh, for for years, for sixteen years, the his uh, personal therapist never even asked him if he was in the military. So I mean, he's got uh, you know concerns that he's got related to his service were never addressed because the the therapist and the people that he talked to uh, were, were didn't have that focus, didn't have that uh, perspective. Right. I, I would not always say, were, were they not qualified to ask the right questions? They didn't even know how to engage us in the conversation because they weren't comfortable with how to speak our language. How do I ask this question? How do I engage this person? So many of us uh, from the Vietnam War were in a psychiatrist's chair privately uh, for five minutes, and we said, I know I'm never coming back to this person, and gave up on mental health. Another critical reason why the VSO, the CVSO, is so very valuable to get uh, the benefits and the, and the resources that will be beneficial to them. So I, know, I, I appreciate you guys coming in today. I really do. Kurt, do you have a last word? Uh, well, I, I guess the, the last word would be, I, I think... I think a lot of vets, um, you know, if they have one bad experience or if they've had a bad experience in the past at the VA, and remember, we're not we're not part of the VA structure. Uh, if they've had a bad experience in the past, give it another try. Um, the VA is is critical to uh, to helping vets overcome some of their their major issues, and they've done a great job of getting a whole lot better than they used to be. And quite frankly, as a, a veteran, uh, it's a disservice to other vets to constantly be negative about the VA. Um, be careful what you're saying about the VA because you may be preventing someone from going there that really could use their services. Oh, that's an excellent point. Excellent point. Well, I promised Kevin that he can get to his next appointment, so we have to close this one up. Hopefully you guys will come back or at least uh, share with us some more information in the future. Kevin Johnson, the CVSO, uh, County Veteran Service Officer for Ozaki County. And Kurt Rush, uh, the CVSO, County Veteran Service Officer for Washington County, right here where West Bend is. We thank you guys very much. And, and I'm so grateful that you would come on and share this information and help us open the door to this resource that I think is very valuable. So thank you for that. And to our audience, thank you so much. And, of course, we are funded partially by the Kubli Foundation. And our main primary concern is depression and suicide in veterans and in our families. So if you are struggling with uh, depression, suicide, or any other issues that you might have difficulty uh, searching out, don't hesitate to uh, call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255 and then press the number one. And I, I would highly recommend that you guys if and women, veterans, families, reach out to the CVSO and see what you've got coming so for our uh, co-host, Bob Bach, Marine veteran, uh, this is Mike Orban. And remember that the Stigma-Free Vet Zone is here to be educational, and this was educational and not stigmatizing. So thank you very much and hope to see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Stigma-Free Vet Zone podcast. Your feedback is welcomed and encouraged. You'll find contact information on our webpage, OrbanFoundationForVeterans.org. While you're there, please consider making a contribution. Donations help us continue to bring greater hope, understanding, and resolution on issues of civilian readjustment for all military veterans and families. 
Anyone who donates to the podcast will receive a free copy of the book, Sold Out, Conquering the Experiences of War, by Michael Orban. On behalf of Michael Orban, Bob Bach, and Aaron Schraufnagel, thanks for joining us, and please tune in again.